Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just stand up for one minute and just give praise to God for the signs and wonders? Anybody here need a miracle? Anybody here need a miracle? Hallelujah. Stretch your hands towards heaven. We're under an open heaven. We bless you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you for miracles, signs, wonders, healings. Ah, oh, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, before you take your seat, could you turn to one or two people and tell them you are a walking miracle? Tell them you're a walking miracle. They may not know your story, but you're a walking miracle. Uh, they may not know where you come from, how far you've gone, but you're a walking miracle. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. If there is kingdom kids, I'm not sure, but if they are, kingdom kids are released at this time. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Overflow Dance Ministry. Come on, let's go. For being used of the Lord. You remind us why we need both music and arts in the house of the Lord. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Acts 9, verses 10 to 18. And Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Good to see so many of you out. We have... Uh, at this time, it's a, it's a good thing uh, that we can walk and chew gum at the same time as a church. Uh, this weekend, we have a family retreat going on where there are 25 families up at Toanippi just being in the presence of God. Um, we're blessed because I know churches that if that happened, they would have to close church for that Sunday. But we can still... Um, move forward in the Lord. So we're grateful for that. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Reading from the English Standard Version. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus speaking. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for your mind, for your emotions, for your will. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Acts chapter 9, verses 10, 11, 12, 17, and 18. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to a street called Straight. And at the house of Judas... 
at the house of praise. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. The name Saul means asked for. The name Saul means prayed for. You'll find a man that I'm asking for. Behold, he is praying. And he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on Saul so that Saul might regain his sight. Verse 17, so Ananias departed and entered the house of Judas, house of praise, and laying his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, who later would become Paul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Acts chapter 13, verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. Now there was in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping, the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me. Set apart for me. Who said it? The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them, sent them off. So being sent by the Holy Spirit, Paul or Saul and Barnabas went. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. I pray also, Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened that we would know what is the hope of your calling, that we would know. And what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance that are in each and every one of us who are your saints? And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Repeat after me. A plus B equals C. A plus B equals C. That's my message. A plus B equals C. I want you to turn, look, look at the screen for a moment, the first image. Who's this guy? Huh? Ste- Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. Who said Odell? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all deep. Okay, you know his first name. Uh, Stephen Curry. He is uh, one of the best basketball players in uh, the league. Some claim, and I believe also he is the greatest shooter of all times. And yet, look at the next screen. This is called a box score. This thing called a box score tells you what happened in a game. 
in this game, I believe it was the uh, third game of the championship series, you will see that Stephon Curry, he's on the bottom, scored 47 points. 47 points. I don't know what percentage that is, but that's probably at least one-third of his team's points he scored. He's been in five finals straight. Five finals. He's been in probably close to 25 games. Are you with me? This is the most points he's ever scored in his life in a championship. And yet, he lost. His best game. And yet, he lost. His greatest game. And yet, he lost. Nobody's going to remember how many points he scored. Because he lost. Next picture. This guy holding this trophy. I believe the trophy he's holding is the most valuable trophy. It's not the championship. It's the most valuable. But they've already won the championship. His name is Kawhi Leonard. His team won the championship. And he got most valuable player. Most valuable. He is considered, if not the best, one of the top three players in the world. Let's look at this box score. This is the championship game. He won. They won. When I look at this box store score, he's the second. Scored 22 points. He didn't even score the most points on his team. He was not number one. He wasn't even number two. He scored the third most points on his team, and he was tied with a bench warmer. You, 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 see, you, see, you see that word says bench? That means you don't start. He scored the same amount of points as a bench warmer. He didn't even get the most rebounds. He didn't even have the most three-pointers. He didn't even take the most shots. And yet, he won the championship. And yet, he got most valuable player and had a nation losing their mind. What's the point? Now, some of you and most of you would agree with me that if Stephen Curry had Kevin Durant, who anywhere between LeBron and Kevin Durant, people say that one of them two are the best in the world. If Kevin Durant was there and his partner, Clay Thomas, Thompson, was there, who is considered probably the second best shooter in history, most people believe they would have won the championship. But because Stephen Curry did not have his whole community, he lost. 
The point is, is there is no rest without community. As a matter of fact, after scoring all those points, Stephen Curry's next game was a dud because he didn't have his full community with him, so he couldn't get any rest and be at his high performance. Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. But you, if you're going to get rest, you've got to take my yoke upon you. Now, let's, let's, let's look at this thing called yoke. Look at this picture. Let's look at this picture. So, and let's look at the other picture. So you see that heavy bar over the two oxen? That's a yoke. It's not simply a bar that's above their necks, but there's loops that is under their necks to make sure that they stay together. And this is how before tractors were made, this is how they used to plow the ground, okay? This is how they broke up hard ground so that seeds could be dropped in the soil so that there'll be a harvest. Are you with me so far? Now, I used to think when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, I used to think that the big oxen was Jesus, are you with me? And the other oxen was me. And me and Jesus are working together. But that's the wrong picture. Because, because, and and some of you may have thought that, I'm I'm not gonna ask, How many of you thought that? Raise your hand because you probably wouldn't tell the truth. Uh, But the reason why we know that the other oxen is not Jesus is because the scripture is logical. The scripture is logical. The scripture says what? Take my, what? My yoke. Do you think that yoke belongs to the other oxen? Come on, help me out here. Who does the yoke belong to? The guy with the hat. So Jesus is the guy who is steering the plow. He controls the yoke. And he's expecting these two oxen to pull the yoke. Uh, the plow. Are you with me? <laughs> oh, Jesus. So you would say, well, if I'm one of the oxen, who's the other? I'm glad you asked. The other oxen is, come here here, is a brother are a sister that you are yoked to. Mm. 
And usually, they, the farmer who's in control yokes an older oxen with a younger oxen. Mm. My God. Tell your name, say neighbor. Guess who's the older oxen? <laughs> the word yoke actually in the Greek means a coupling. A coupling. This is a pet peeve. I'll just, this aside, doesn't cost you any pet peeve. When I say, you know, bring me a couple of, you know, uh, a couple of pencils, and people bring you eight. How much is a couple? Okay, okay. Just, I just need to get that out of my system. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so, so this yoke means there's a coupling. I'm coupled with him. This yoke means a joining. This yoke, come here, sir, one more time, means a beam of balance. We need balance. We need an old oxen because he knows the way. We need a young oxen who's strong so that we can keep moving. Okay? Because if you have two old oxings, the church will dry up. If you have two young oxens, the church will blow up. Because young people are crazy. Okay? Okay? That's why you need both. That's why you need both. That's why you need both, okay? okay? Okay, turn your name and say, you need, you need, you need to be coupled, okay? Okay, depending on how you feel, you need to be, you need to be coupled, okay? So that there's balance. And so God will give you two people in your life who he's going to yoke you to to make sure that you get rest, and that you come into purpose. Turn your name and say, you're working too hard. First guy is Ananias. Ananias. Ananias name means, it is a, it is a uh, Hebrew name means, the one who the Lord Jehovah, that is, graciously, has graciously given. The one who the Lord has graciously given. There are people who God puts in your life to make sure that you not only rest, but that you are productive. The reason why I use Eric here is because in, I think it was around 1997-ish, he wasn't married, had no kids, student at MIT. And we went to a convention down the street at um, Kingdom Empowerment Center. And this is three years, about three years after I met Pastor Chandler. And he was asked to speak at a national conference. And he grabs me and he grabs Eric and he says 
Bishop, this young man is going to be hooked to your life, and he is going to help you to make PT into the church that he's called it to be. And so how many years have we been together now? <laughs> he said too many. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Now he's got a daughter in high school. Okay, so, so that's a long time. Okay, okay. And, and my point is, is that we are yoked together until the Lord sets us apart. Eric is someone who God has graciously given to me. Are you with me? And there are some people who God has graciously given to me. Anyone, every one of you need a Jonathan. Jonathan, the name Jonathan means gift of the Lord. And in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 to 4, you'll find that David is in the palace. Now he just slew Goliath. He's a shepherd boy. He's from a hick town called Bethlehem. It's not Jerusalem. Bethlehem. It's, a, it's country. And here he is finding himself in a palace. And he doesn't know how to do how to, how to operate in a palace, but God yokes him up to a man named Jonathan who says, who says these words. This is the type of friend you need. Hey, I know, this is Jonathan's words. I know I'm supposed to be the next king because I am King Saul's son. But the Lord told me that you're supposed to be king and I'm going to help you to become the best king you can be and I will stand by your side to make sure that you are going to be the best God has for you. You need friends who, who love you so much that even if you go higher than them, they say, stand on my shoulders. I'm going to make sure you get to where you are supposed to get to, and I'll be the first one to applaud instead of hating. Turn your name and say, do you have a friend like that? This is deep now. Turn to somebody else and say, are you a friend like that? This is wedding season. This is wedding season. And I know, you know, many of us are waiting to get married. Uh-huh. And you've been in church for 20 years. And Sister Sally just comes in for one year. And all of a sudden she gets the will of God. Mm, Jesus. And then she has the nerve to ask you, Will you be in my wedding? I want you to be the bride today. And, and, you, and you brought her to church. Mm. Mm. Can you praise him for Sister Sally? Mm -mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Woo. This, so God gave Saul a Barnabas. I mean, a, an Ananias. But God also gave Saul, a Barnabas. There are people who are supposed to be gifts to you to help open your eyes to see the reality of who you are. But then there are Barnabases. Barnabas, his name means son of exhortation. His name also means son of consolation. 
But what's interesting, if you look in Strong's, which is his name is uh, also Greek name, it means um, so it means son of rest. Son of rest. You 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 need somebody in your life who is living in the rest of God. What do you mean? Some no uh, Ecclesiastes yeah, no Exodus thirty three fourteen. Moses is pleading for God to show him his presence because Moses is a man who God says nobody's talked to me face to face like Moses. There's no Hebrew word for the word for the word presence. Wherever you see the word presence, it literally is the Hebrew word face. And 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 God says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You you, you need a Barnabas. You need somebody who's living in the presence of God. You need a Barnabas. Barnabas is the son of consolation, but he's also the son of exhortation. What do you mean? The word exhort means to urge. A good Barnabas in your life will challenge you and will also comfort you. A, A good Barnabas in your life will say, come on, you need to get going. You need to get going. A good Barnabas, sit here, a good Barnabas won't join you in your pity party. Yeah, I understand. Yes, you'll never make it. No, I know life is hard. No, you need a Barnabas to get yourself up. Come on, let's go. If I have to carry you, you're going to make it. Do you have those kind of people in your life? Or do you have people who join you singing the blues? The world hates me. And you may too. Come on. Do you have a Barnabas in your life? Barnabas not only comforts Saul, meaning the only reason that Paul becomes an apostle is because of Barnabas. Barnabas took a risk. He risked his reputation. The only only reason the church accepted Paul was because of Barnabas' reputation. There are some people you're going to have to take a risk on for God's sake. Because they could be the next Paul. But But he also challenged Paul. Because when it came time to take a chance on somebody else called Mark, Barnabas is like, hey, let's give Mark a second chance. I know he blew, and Paul's like, no. And, Paul, and, and the Bible says, read Acts 15, that they almost came to blows. You know, we, we quote, Paul and Silas were in prison. You know why Paul and Silas were in prison? It's because there was a breakup. And Barnabas said, no, I am, I am going to risk my life to encourage John Mark, who was a failure. Well, who was right? Well, in the final analysis, Barnabas was right because even Paul says, hey, I'm in prison. I need some help. Send <laughs> send John Mark. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, because he is profitable unto me. There is, well, who's John Mark? There would be no book of the gospel of Mark 
without Barnabas. My point is, mm, give me my five here. Turn your name and say, neighbor, you need a Barnabas in your life to help complete your story. If there was no Barnabas, Mark would have ended up as a failure. Who's God, who has God put in your life to make sure that you change their story? Well, it's quiet in this Pentecostal church. I know you want to have a nice summer sermon. A plus B equals C. A friend who God graciously given plus a person who challenges you and comforts you equals C, the commission. The commission. Too many of us are concerned about our mission. Where God is saying, I'm calling you to a commission. Meaning, we are on mission together. So, finally, we call this the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 18 and 19, 20. And Jesus said to them, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God, Jesus is saying this not to one person, not to a couple of dudes. He is saying this to a community. So the question is, who are you on mission with? Who are you coupled with? Jesus was coupled with especially four, three guys, Peter, James, and John. Peter would have failed if Jesus said, didn't say to him in Luke 22, verse 30, 31, Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. So the question is, who are you encouraging? Who are you challenging? Who has God put you in your, in your life to make you feel uncomfortable so you don't settle for less than who he created you to be? Who has God put in your life to be that pebble in your shoe so that you don't get too comfortable? You know what my nickname is to other pastors? The agitator. That's what they nickname me, the agitator. Because what an agitator, what's an agitator? An agitator is in the washing machine, okay? And it's zoo, 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 zoo. And, and you need that because if the agitator is not there, all the clothes will just settle down to the bottom. <laughs> I won't let you settle. Mm-hmm. I won't let you settle. I won't let you settle. And you know I won't let you settle. Here comes Bishop, yeah, the agitator. <laughs> let me end with this, and then we'll let the Sunday school kids go. Oh, okay. Well, praise the Lord, then I can go to 10. Oh, only kidding. <laughs> I am, um, on my 60th birthday, turn your name and say, neighbor. He doesn't look that old. Okay, so on my, on my 60th birthday, January, I, I got a bunch of these cards. And for some reason, 
this is God. Only God could do this. I decided to open this particular card this week. And the card reads here. It says, Dear Brian, you are simply a very skilled encourager. Now, of all weeks to open this, I had this since January 6th. Of all weeks to open this, you are a skilled encourager like a Barnabas. Dr. Charles, of all weeks to open this, I know that God sent you into my life because I needed your support and encouragement. I just didn't know it. Thanks for being there for me personally to make sure that I walked in my calling, my destiny, and my purpose. Signed, Pastor John Chandler Cleveland. The reason why he's called Pastor Cleveland is because he once pastored a church for 20 years. And the Lord kept stirring in me saying, you need to stop pastoring and start traveling around the world because the hand of God is on you. Of course, like most people, I have three kids. That's him. I got a mortgage. How am I going to do this? And so we prayed and we encouraged and we sowed. And one of the reasons that he has been such a blessing to us is because he had a Barnabas in his life. And at times he's been my Barnabas. That's the beauty of it. Sometimes you're the Barnabas. Sometimes you need the Barnabas. And it has paid rich dividends. If he, if he wasn't traveling, I don't even know where our church would be. It was the Lord who used him, if I can use your example, to allow this man of God, one of my best friends, the godfather of my oldest daughter, okay, after divorcing his wife, it was Pastor Chandler who worked with him for three to five years. And, yeah, three to five years. And in February, he and Sandra remarried. Okay? And a happy, and it's different. But what if... I didn't play my little role as Barnabas. A plus B equals C. Now he can do his mission and being a blessing to Pentecostal Tabernacle. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. One more picture and then we'll pray. Come here, Ernst. Come here, Obed. See, this is the beauty of it. So we have Eric. 
who's in his 40s. Me, I'm in my 60s. And Obed is in his 20s. And so we have Eric, who at some times he is going to play Paul. And he's yoked up with me. And we're, I'm making sure that he becomes the man of God God has called him to be. But it's not for him to be, oh, okay, sensei, okay. <laughs> Always being like, at, at some point, he's also going to have to be the Barnabas to another generation. And so hopefully, if I do my job, that which I put in him, he should be twice as good because he's not only taken what I put in him, but he's also taken what he has, and now he is taking him. And then, while you're walking, Gideon, could you come here? Oh. Oh, oh now. Oh, now. And then, keep going. And then, Eric, you have to stop because now there's only place, you, only, only Obed can take this young man to places where you can't. See? You see? You see? Okay. And, 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 and so my point is, is that, and come, no, I need somebody smaller than you. We have a little baby boy someplace. No baby boy, they're all downstairs. Okay. Uh, uh. Oh, yes. Can I borrow? As long as he won't lose his mind, uh, we're going to try. Right? Now you carry him. Okay. 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 And so now he's carrying another generation. Okay. Okay. See, you're responsible for him. Okay. Now, now you know what to do, right? See? He knows what to do. <laughs> but stop right there. Stop right there. Look at that. One generation affects another generation. Affects another generation. Affects another generation. Affects. And so, if I do my job right, if we do our job right, yep, I'm shaking hands with all the 60 years older. If we do our, right, our job right, will affect five generations. But if I don't do my job, it's going to impact this little guy. Turn your name and say, neighbor, if you don't do your job as a community person, somebody's going to get mad at you.